real conversations, real women, real stories. Here, you can listen to a collection of stories from women just like you, sharing moments that change their life. We believe that all stories should be celebrated, whether they are the happiest moments of your life, moments that left you feeling lost, or moments where you healed yourself again and again. We are here for all of it. Heal, grow, and connect with us. Welcome to the This Is We podcast. I am so excited to have our next guest here with us, Teresa is a certified happiness life coach, author, editor, and senior writer to two Canadian magazines. She is also a motivational speaker, educator, educational technologies consultant, and a Reiki master. Teresa, how are you? How's it going? Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, I'm so excited. And so we are going to start with your happiness journey. And I would just love for you to share you know, just a little bit or maybe all of it and what your happiness journey looks like. Thank you. Well, basically it was the milestone of turning 40 that had me taking a step back, reflecting on my life and asking myself some very important questions. So I think we all reach those crossroads in our lives that can be caused by lots of different things. Sometimes it's illness, sometimes it's death. Sometimes it's loss of a relationship. In my case, it was this milestone that, as I said, caused me to ask some questions such as, am I happy living the life I am living? Can I imagine living the same life for the next 40 years? Is this all there is to life? Am I feeling fulfilled? Do I think I'm living my true purpose? And so in the asking of those, did I realize that although my life looked perfect on the outside, that I had achieved all of the things that family, culture, religion tell you that you should have in order to have a happy life. So fulfilling career, beautiful, healthy family, our own home, cars in the driveway, vacations a year, lots of beautiful material things. And so if my life was perfect and I had achieved a whole bunch of different things that I was on what is known as the satisfaction treadmill, where I would have a goal for myself, achieve it, and then feel good for a little bit, and then set a new goal that was even higher, and then work towards it, feel good for a little bit, and then set a new goal. So it did, but it didn't matter how many certificates, diplomas, degrees, job experience I got. I still felt unhappy. And I also felt that there was this void that it didn't matter what I did. It didn't matter what I what I bought. It didn't matter what I did. It didn't matter where I went. It didn't matter anything that I did that I still couldn't fill that void and there's something missing in my life. So really, it was that milestone that had me realize that I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled and that there was a void within me that I couldn't fill. Wow. And so what, what was the first step that you took to, you know, really start creating, you know, the life that truly made you happy and just fulfilled your, you know, filled your cup up? Thank you. And so basically I was struggling. I suffered in silence for a very long time, not wanting to talk to anybody about it for fear of loss of love, for fear of rejection. And that, you know, how do you tell some, I just that if I told someone, I feared that they would say, Teresa, what do you have to complain about? Your life looks perfect. And so basically I reached a point where I needed help. And so I went to a medium and I said to the medium, listen, I have, I have questions that I need answered. And really nobody could answer those questions. It could only be answered by something bigger than me, bigger than like family and friends that could possibly answer those questions that I shared with you. And so she said, spirit is telling me that you need to meditate. And so we're, we're talking about meditation 10 years ago, where now it's such a buzzword and people say, oh yeah, I meditate and there's all these apps and everything's cool. It wasn't cool 10 years ago. It was like, my family thought it was part of a cult. Yeah. It was still very weird and woo woo just 10 years ago. Mm. And so I said, well, I don't know how to do that. And so luckily there was a meditation center close by my home. I called them up and I said, well, spirit's telling me I need to meditate. I don't know what that is. I don't know how to do it. I grew up religious. I'm, I grew up Catholic and I knew how to pray that, that I was taught, but 
nothing like meditation. And now I know I have a lot of resentment towards the church for that, because as soon as I went into that space, which is really connecting with your inner being instead of your outer being, that we're so outward focused, looking to the external world for everything, that as soon as you go inward, then you connect with a part of yourself that I was never taught to connect with. Lots of us are not taught to connect with that. And I realized that I hadn't connected to my spiritual self in that way, because again, I was taught to pray and everything was outward. God was outward. Spirit was outward. My priest told me as a little girl that if I wanted to talk to God, I had to be, it had to be at church because if I prayed at home, it wasn't the same. And so for an entire year, they will tell you that I cried every single time I went because it was like, it was literally like, if you could hear spirit was like, it was like, we've been waiting to talk to you like your whole life and you just haven't been able to listen. And it's because I didn't know that mm-hmm. if we still our minds enough, because there's on, there's constant chatter in yeah. our head, right? 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day that don't stop. It's, it's on repeat. 95% of them are the same ones from yesterday and the day before mm-hmm. that and the day, and the month before that and year before that. It's just recycling. So it's like when you still yourself enough to just sit there, it was like, oh my God. It was like my spirit had been wanting to talk to me. Spirit like bigger than me. You know, you want to call it God, the universe, source energy, the divine, doesn't matter what you call it. And I just, I call it the universe because there's a whole host of beings up there, not just, you know, what we call God, Mm -hmm. but lots of our spirit angels and guides and ascended masters and ancestors, lots and lots. So I just call them, I call them my divine crew, actually, because they're (laughs) always, they're always working on my behalf to help me and encourage me and all of that. And so that was the turning point. And so I say to people that meditation is that gateway practice that can help you to immediately connect with a part of yourself that we're not taught to connect with. Mm -hmm. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Everyone knows that I am such a pusher of meditation because it ultimately changed my life. And especially when I was lost and who I was and what I wanted to be doing and and ultimately thought I found my purpose and then it wasn't my purpose. Meditation kind of really reminded me of who I am and why I'm here and kind of gave me permission to live, you know, the life that I have been, you know, dreaming about. And so I just love that you started your happiness journey and it started with meditation because that just like fills my cup up. But I can totally relate like 10 years ago how voodoo it was. I remember even taking my yoga teacher training. And even at that time, and that was probably, I would say 10 years ago, it seemed very like, what are you doing? (laughs) But that really changed my life and, and, and reminded me like, okay, wait, I think this is more of where I belong in this little world than some of this external world. And so my next question is, Did you find, we started the podcast and you were starting off your, your happiness journey by asking yourself a lot of these questions. And a lot of those questions are very heavy and often cannot be answered immediately. Um, Did you find those answers through meditation? Was it as simple as meditation or did it take, was it a lot longer of a process than that? Yes. Thank you. So when I connected to that place inside of me is where I discovered that our essential nature, our original nature is love, peace, and happiness. As soon as you connect to that space inside of you, which is your original nature Mm -hmm. and that we are always that, but the world takes us away from it, that we see it innately in children. When they are born into this world, they are love, peace, and happiness. Mm They believe that this world is full of possibilities, that they can be anything that they want. They can do anything that they want. They play with things as if there's like so many different ways to play with like a wooden spoon and and a Tupperware dish. And that love and spark and, and that bliss that they have is still inside of us. But 
the world gets its claws into us and then has us believing a whole host of things about ourselves, about the world, and maybe our capabilities and what we'll ever be able to achieve. There's so much programming (laughs) that happens in those like first six years of life that by the time we are 35, Joe Dispenza says that that program is so deeply set inside of us that we're operating on autopilot, that we just get up in the morning, we, we do what we always do, we go to work, sometimes we get there, we've driven an hour, we don't even know, like, how did I get here? Come home, we eat, we go to sleep, and we just repeat over and over again. And that the paradigms that we operate under, the belief systems, the thoughts that we have are just as it's on repeat, 95%. Mm-hmm. We have a 5% window to being consciously aware of how we're thinking. And so when I connected to that place, I was like, wow, there's all this unconditional love all inside of me. And I had been looking for love outside of myself my whole life and everybody around me not realizing that there was unconditional love inside of me, that it did. I didn't need to please anybody. I didn't need to do anything special. I didn't need to change myself. I didn't need to negate myself, that everything that I was doing outside and me trying to be the perfect mom, perfect wife, perfect daughter, perfect daughter-in-law perfect friend, perfect employee, wearing many different masks, trying to please and live up to external expectations for who everyone else wanted me to be, that really I had lost myself in the living of my life. Is that how do you get to 40 and not know who you are? And it's because my identity was so caught up in these external expectations. And so Again, when I connected to that place, I was like, wow, all I have to do when I when I need some loving is to go deep inside me and, and, and spirit is loving me. And then there's all this bliss and peace inside mm-hmm. of you. And I'm like, wow, like here we are striving outside of ourselves for happiness in our possessions, in our positions, our titles, degrees, relationships, experiences. We have happiness all tied outside in all of those things that mm-hmm. I won't be happy until I find that perfect person. I won't be happy until I I get that promotion at work. I won't be happy until I get to that exotic location on the when I go on vacation. I won't be happy until I've earned my degree, until I have like that, you know, I don't know, PhD, those letters after my name. I won't be happy until we have it tied to like, When I buy that sports car, when I buy that expensive designer bag, then I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. But we realize that we achieve those things and then we're only happy for a little bit and then it's gone. And then we're then trying to, you know, do something else to try to fill that void. Mm -hmm. But it didn't, as I said, it didn't matter what, what I did. It, It couldn't be filled. I was still always left feeling empty at the end of it. And so The reason why I say that it started everything was because it awakened me to how I was living in my everyday life that I realized I was not loving myself the way that I needed to in all the different aspects, how I wasn't loving my my mental self wasn't loving me, how my emotional self wasn't loving me and how my physical self also, how I perhaps wasn't loving myself the way that I needed to. And then it also awakened me to happiness that I was like, oh, really? What do you mean happiness is inside me? Like, what do you mean? And it's unwavering and I can always tap into it whenever I want to. And same thing with peace. What do you mean? I don't have to go to the meditation center or the yoga center to feel at peace that I can actually tap into this peace and this love and this happiness anywhere that I am. Mm -hmm. So it was like a huge awakening because there's all this programming and belief systems around where all of these things exist. Meanwhile, we all, everything we are searching for already lives inside of us. It exists inside of us, but we are taught to look outside of us for things Mm -hmm. and asking everybody else, what do you think? What do you think? Yes. (laughs) And worrying about what other people are thinking. And so that really like, Tie, like pulls us back into it. And um, I wanted to talk, so you talked a little bit, not necessarily about fear, um, but fear has a big component to this because going inward can be very scary. 
And so was it easy for you to go inward? Did you find yourself battling? I know you had mentioned that you're, you come, you, every time you went, you were crying. So that's clearly a release, but was there any fear that was associated with your, you know, happy, your happiness journey? Thank you. So we associate our trauma, our past mistakes, our regret, our shame, our guilt, all of these things that, that happen to us, that we're scared to go and look at those, that shadow self, let's say, or, you know, what we put into the closet or shoved under the rug, that we don't want to look at those things. But we have to realize that when we do that connected with our spiritual self linked to that, that our spirit will bring us along ever so gently in a way that it presents an opportunity for us to look, right? Something will trigger, situation will happen that will push that thorn that's inside of us, right? We have different thorns of all these different, this trauma that's happened to us. So an external trigger will push one of the thorns and we're like, ow, that doesn't feel And so our one response could be, I'm going to numb it out with alcohol. Mm. I'm going to take drugs. I'm going to go in and go to like different events and try to escape that way because we don't want to look at that because it hurts. But when we're, when we do that by using our loving and nurturing spiritual self to look at it, it does, it's not that scary. It's like that stuff is dark. Our Mm -hmm. spiritual self is made of love and light. Mm -hmm. It's like shining a light in a dark room. It just illuminates everything with light. Mm -hmm. And so I say to people, yes, it might be because we have different blocks to our happiness and that we need to look at those blocks if we are going to live happier lives. And that, again, when we lean on our spiritual self, which is loving, at peace and happy, It's like it's easy to do it. We are blanketed or comforted in such a way that, you know, your guardian angel is is wrapping its its wings around you and you could have ancestors that are with you. There's your divine crew is with you, supporting you, saying, listen, we want you to forgive and let go. We want you to move past these these monkeys on your back that are dragging you down and Literally, when we do that, when we choose to let go and forgive on an energetic level, that stuff is gone. Like mm-hmm. we just can't see it, but it is literally like a dark cloud that you have hanging over your head that isn't letting as much light into your life because you're carrying it around with you. And as soon as you bring that light in, it's like it's gone. Mm-hmm. And it could be like past life stuff that you're carrying with you. It could be in not just this life energy that, and we can't see the energy. Sometimes I wish we could have those like glasses that we could put on, like, you know, those mind glasses, right. That we could see the energy that is, that is radiating off everything because everything is energy. So we have, those things are like dark clouds, dark energy, heavy energy that as soon as you bring light into it, it's gone and it's healed. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, and we don't, we no longer carry it. And so I want you to think of this as, and I call it the happiness quotient because it's like if you think of a scale and happiness on one side of the scale and all of this darkness on the other side, all of this guck. So your trauma, your, your mistakes, your guilt, your shame, all the stuff that you're carrying. And you ask someone, are you happy? Well, they'll say, yeah, I'm happy, but their happiness, the amount of happy that they are is actually in relation to how much weight they're carrying on the other side of the scale. But when we start to remove some of that trauma that's on one side, the other side goes up as well. And so the more we deal with that darkness, the happier we become. And so now it's like those thorns that we had that, that used to bother us, they don't because we know that we can just We can just forgive and let go. And Mm -hmm. then those triggers actually don't even come up anymore. The universe sets things up in such a way that will cause those thorns to be triggered on purpose because it wants you to look at it. Mm -hmm. It wants you to heal and let go. And so it's important that when those things come up, that we don't drown them out. We don't try to numb it out, that we look at whatever was triggered inside of us so that we can 
We can grow from it. We can learn from the experience and then we can forgive and, and heal it. It is really like it's, it's spiritual healing. It's energetic healing that we can't see, but it's, it's there. exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So it's wanna, not scary, Portia. It's not, scary. It's, it's not scary. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't feel good. I'm not going to say it feels good. It's not, doesn't feel never, good. No, no, it brings never up. feels good. No, it's hardship. It doesn't feel good. But I know that if I can work through it and understand it and learn the lesson that I'm supposed to learn from that, then I just move into more and more happiness. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, bring it on. Yeah. And it also reminds you that you can do hard stuff that yeah. you're able to take on it, process it, let it go, maybe forgive and continue moving forward. And I want to talk about forgiveness because forgiveness does not come easy to many. I am a Scorpio and forgiveness, I don't even think is in my vocabulary. We don't forgive, we resent. And so (laughs) I have a hard time forgiving. I tend to hold grudges and they're probably more painful for me than it is for the other person because they probably don't even know that that's happening. So let's talk about forgiveness. How did you find forgiveness within your journey and, you know, whether it's forgiving yourself or forgiving, you know, external things, whether it be people, places, situations, experiences. Yes. Thank you so much. It's such a good topic and that forgiveness is, well, resent and any of the other feelings that we might have anger and all this other stuff is literally like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yeah. And that we are only ever hurting ourselves when we don't forgive. So I forgive so easy now because I want to move past because mm-hmm. we forgive for ourselves. Forgiveness is like taking the hand cuffs off of our wrist. That's holding us tied to the past. Mm-hmm. That happiness is found in the present moment. And in any present moment, we're usually pretty okay. Like here and now we're usually pretty okay, but we're so focused on the past or focused on the future. So there's a ton of like worry and doubt and fear associated with, oh no, no, what could happen in the future? And then all this sad, sadness and baggage that's associated with the past. And so forgiveness is you tied to tied to the past and not allowing yourself to be here now where happiness is always found in the present moment. So you want to ask yourself, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Ooh. <laughs> right? That and I say home that for me. My, <laughs> and I say that to my husband. I'm like, do you want to be happy? <laughs> Just trying to play your cards right there. Okay. But that's true. Do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? And so I would rather be happy. And that oftentimes when we don't want to forgive, we are actually living more from our ego self mm-hmm. instead of from our loving self, yeah. that that part is, it's easy to forgive. I mean, to say that spirit, really spirit doesn't, that's a whole nother topic, but there isn't, we are the ones that have deemed things right and wrong. Yes and no, things like that. We have duality mm-hmm. here, but spirit just sees things as is, it just is. So mm-hmm. it's our judgment about the situation that makes it one thing or another. I I did not to say that I didn't struggle with forgiveness. I did. I actually became a Ho'oponopono practitioner. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. Oh, it's an ancient Hawaiian practice. And I've actually heard Tony Robbins do this in some of his like live events where he will practice the prayer of Ho'oponopono. And basically the idea is that you say these four sentences and in any order, and they actually heal the situation on an energetic level. Um, the, the, I invite you to like, if you're, if this sounds intriguing, there is Dr. Joe Vitale and, oh, geez, I'm drawing a blank as to, and he's the Hawaiian and um, cause it's an ancient Hawaiian practice, but they've written a, a book together. And then I did, I ended up doing some training on around the philosophy around it, but basically it just, it heals on an energetic level and then it's gone. So this, the sentences are, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. 
And you can say that in any order. So you could, you know, when you think about the person, you think about the situation and you can say thank you for whatever happened. You know, it brought it up to your attention. I love you. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Usually it's I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. So you can, as you, it, you say them based on like kind of what, what applies. And so we can do that on ourselves. Forgiveness is really forgiving ourselves and not, and not so much the other person, because often we're somehow tied to that situation too. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's easy for me to forgive because when I, I'm forgiving myself, even when I'm forgiving the other person. Another way to look at it too, that I've had people said that, oh, I, I struggle to forgive this person is that again, energetically, we are all one. Mm-hmm. We're all part of the, of the human race, but on an energy level, our energy is tied to everything, tied to nature, tied to inanimate objects. So we are all part of the human collective. So really when I hurt you, I hurt myself. When I help you, I'm helping myself. And when I forgive you, I'm actually forgiving myself. Or when I forgive myself, I'm forgiving you. Like it's it's all the same thing. So if you can't get past the person that you're trying to forgive, just know you're forgiving yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you're really also forgiving them. Or when you forgive them, you're also forgiving yourself. Like it's all the same thing. And then it's gone. And then it's like, ah, you've let it go and you've healed from it. What would you say to those? Like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm picking up what you're putting down, but I am so stubborn in that manner and not in everything in my life. Like forgiveness is, is, is really, really hard for me. What if you have the intention of forgiving, but you say, I forgive this person, but you're still harboring it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you move through that? Or how is there a way to move through that? So choosing to forgive too is not denying the situation that happened too, right? You're not mm-hmm. saying that what they did to you was right. Because some people think when you when you say, I forgive you, that you're saying it's okay what you did mm-hmm. to me. No, yeah. no. Forgiveness is not saying. It's saying that I, I forgive you for what you did to me, not, not your actions that you did so that I can be free mm-hmm. of this situation so that I don't continue to think about it and, pers- and stew about it and just continuing to harboring that inside you because it doesn't feel good. No. So it's that, that you're like, I am choosing to release these negative feelings that exist inside of me because of what you did. So I am choosing to release that when I choose to forgive you. I'm saying I'm done holding on to this yucky. I don't mm-hmm. like it. And so I'm choosing to forgive you so that I can let go of that. I'm not saying, and you don't have to continue to have a relationship with that person. You know, what they did to you is is probably wrong, which is why it's hard, you know, for you to let go. But forgiving is not saying that what they did is okay. It's not. And are you going, and most likely you're not going to forget about it either. And that's also okay. But it's saying that you don't want to continue to carry all this negative inside of you. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're, why you forgive to say, I am choosing to, to be free from mom, choosing to take the handcuffs off so that I, I can, I can move on. Mm-hmm. Oh, because yeah. as you said, you said, they're not even thinking about it. And often they're not, no. they're like, they don't care. They're off doing whatever. And here you are feeling all awful about it. So, and it's not even something that you have to address with them. I mean, there is, there's another exercise where you can write a letter to that person and address it to them and saying like, listen, like, you know, I didn't, I don't appreciate what you did. And just putting all that out, writing it all out and saying, but I'm, I'm choosing to forget. I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to have you in my life, but I'm choosing to forgive so that I can let this stuff, like let it out and let it be gone. Some people then will light the letter with, um, with like a match or something like yeah. that and burn it or flush it down the toilet or you don't even have to give it to that person. You can, it's up to you. But sometimes that's like one of the exercises that you can do too. I just do Ho'oponopono. I say that prayer over and over and over again, thinking about it, saying it in different ways, because I know that energetically it, it's, it's healing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's ultimately kind of just finding what works best 
for you, mm-hmm. right? Because I love the idea of burning something. Like I just think that's just so releasing and it's gone and you can watch mm-hmm. it and it's mm-hmm. it's a visual experience, right? Because some people, I know sometimes, especially mm-hmm. in certain areas, like as much as I'm very self-aware, it still can be very hard to detach from an emotion and kind of let that go inside of my body where sometimes having that visual statement of me like burning the letter and watching it burn, I'm like, it's going, it's gone. It's into the ether. It's no longer serving me. It is. It's. And so I love that. I wanted to talk about support systems. I know that you had mentioned you are a mother, you know, a wife. And so when you started to go on this journey and realize, you know what, I am just not living. I'm just not living as happy as I wanted to, like I want to be. How was everybody else? How, or did it even matter? Because I know just for, I'm just thinking for those that may be listening, how their support system might really be holding them back to actually pursuing what they want to do or moving forward in that part of their life. Yeah. So I want to, I want to start this by saying that your reality is always mirroring what's happening inside you. So I always felt that my, the people closest to me were always disrespecting me, always dishonoring me, that their love was conditional. And they were demonstrating that to let me know that I wasn't doing that for myself. And I didn't know this at the time. Now I know because I've been on this journey for so long that our reality is always mirroring what's happening inside. So if your reality outside looks chaotic, your relationships are chaotic, your house looks like it's upside down, nobody's listening to you, nobody appreciates you, all this, all that, all they are doing is mirroring what you are not doing for yourself. So they're like, listen, this is what you're not doing. This is what you're not doing. And so... I didn't know because I just always felt like that disrespected, dishonored, that it didn't matter how much I tried to live up to their expectations. People were always shitting on me. Mm -hmm. Always. They were never happy with me. And I'm like, I don't understand. Here I am killing myself, negating myself in trying to please you, bending over backward, not using my voice so that I could, you know, allow you to have whatever it is that you wanted me to be present, me to help me to do what all these things. And that when I, I stood, began to stand up for myself and say, no, like I need to start respecting, honoring and loving myself first. And that I didn't tell anybody to change. I didn't, not my husband, not any of the people, let's say any relatives that I had issues with. I didn't tell anybody to be different. All I did was start showing up in my life as I as I needed to, but that I wasn't. I wasn't respecting myself when I went ahead and allowed other people to tell me what to do and who to be. I wasn't honoring myself when I didn't want to go to certain places, but I did because, well, that's what a good daughter does. That's what a good daughter-in-law does living my life on tons of have to's and shoulds all, Oh, I have to do this. I didn't want to, but I have to, and I should do that because, you know, that's what this, a good friend does, a good sister does a good, whatever does. And so when I began showing up as my true and authentic self and learning more about that all the time, I'm learning more and more about who that true and authentic self was because I was wearing masks Mm -hmm. most of my life. And so I check in with myself and I, and I ask myself, is this something that I really want to do? And then I show up in a particular way. And then all of a sudden, I can't even explain it to you, Portia, but it's like magically, all of a sudden, everything was fine. It was like everyone I had problems with, I didn't have any problems with anybody. They were all different. All of a sudden, my my husband was more loving, more helpful, a better listener. I'm like, this is making sense. It's like, you know, like resenting him and complaining and all of that. But really all they were ever doing was saying, Teresa, you need to show up in your life the way you want other people to show up. And so when you start doing that for yourself, all of a sudden you're going to see it mirrored outside of you. That's why couples therapy is not always effective in the sense that there's a lot of pointing fingers. 
mm-hmm. there. That's oh, you're not doing that. Oh, and you're not doing that. And you're the truth is you need to start doing it for yourself first. It's like that quote by Gandhi, one of my most favorite, be the change that you wish to, to see in the world. You must be the mm-hmm. change first. You want people to appreciate you more? Appreciate yourself first. Yeah. <laughs> you want people to be more loving to you? Love yourself more first. Mm-hmm. So all, all our reality is ever doing is mirroring what's happening on the inside. And the more that we start showing up the way we want, all of a sudden the outside starts showing up that way too. I can totally relate to that. A hundred percent. I remember when I started my healing journey and kind of really pursuing happiness in my life and slowing down and taking a step back from a lot of the things I noticed how much positive change was happening in my family dynamic mm-hmm. without actually doing anything. And I didn't actually expect any resistance or like, why are you doing that? Why are you taking care of yourself or anything like that? It was, there was so much acceptance mm-hmm. and like, oh, I like that you're doing that for yourself. And, and everyone just seemed so much happier. Like I truly felt like my daughter Like I was like, when I started meditating and really getting into it about after three months, I really saw a change in my daughter. And it was so bizarre in the way that it was just like, we're both empaths. So I think we just feed off of each other. And I just, and I like, I'm such an anchor in our house, just energetic wise. Mm -hmm. And I really notice this as I lift myself up and start Mm -hmm. just living my my purpose and my, you know, true self and everything that everybody else around me was kind of being lifted up at the same time without taking on their shit, like not trying to fix them, not trying to pull them in my journey, like just being me and having that presence in my home and just are surrounded by me was very interesting. And it took me a while to see it. You could, I could never see it like when it was happening. It wasn't until somebody had said something to me where I was like, Oh, Okay. Yeah. I see that now how things ultimately changed for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Happiness. Happiness is not only something that we give to ourselves, but we also, it's a gift that we offer the world too, Mm -hmm. that when we show up in the world in a different way, everyone in the world benefits. And that's why a lot of people are going around on empty. Yeah. They're not, their cups are not full because they're going around trying to be everything for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And really, we can't show up as our optimum self and the way that we need to for other people if we're going around on empty. That I know that when I haven't put the oxygen mask on myself first, I don't perform the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, before today, today I've had um, some different interviews and I needed to just do some self-care before because I'm like, I need to connect with my, with myself. I need to, because we have all the answers inside of us too, right? I need to connect. I need to get clear Mm -hmm. that when things feel chaotic, we can't make decisions. We have headaches. We don't know which way to turn. Those are all signals that our body is constantly communicating with us. And we often ignore that communication, mm-hmm. but we're not supposed to. And that when I realize that mentally, I'm not thinking clearly, I'm like, oh, I need to like go into my practices and and get clarity so that I can show up for the interviews the way that I need to, that the ideals, the idea ideas will flow, the words will flow, what I need to express will will come through. And so it's, and I know that a lot of big speakers do that, right? They have a practice beforehand that they get in in touch with, mm-hmm. with their inner being, which is our higher self, which is connected to like all infinite intelligence. So if we need to draw from that, we, we need to get that. We need to connect to it, make time to connect to that, fill our buckets, and then we mm-hmm. can be who we need to be in the world. Yeah. Wow. Let's talk practices. Cause you mentioned that you do practice, like you have other practices. Mm-hmm. And so kind of tell us what those look like, because meditation is obviously not going to be for everybody, even though I firmly believe that anybody can do it, but it can be hard. So what other practices are out there to kind of allow us to sit with ourselves and, and discover the happiness inside of us? 
Yeah, thank you. So just to say on the meditation, there are so many different forms of meditation. So just, you know, I'm a meditation coach. So it is really about finding the form that works for you. I've explored so many different types to see what like resonates with me. What do I feel helps me to connect to that place inside of me the best? And for me, it's silence. It's actually complete silence. I don't want music anymore. I don't want visualizations. I mean, I started with visualizations. That was like, because my mind wants to think about, you know, things that I have to do. And the visualization said, no, you're focusing on this little path that I'm going to have you walk on that gets you to this green pasture. And and like, and so I was like, okay, that's cool. But now I reached a point where I just want to be in the silence that, that is spirit is in the silence. Mm-hmm. That's the unmanifested beingness that is, is in the silence. And so when I get, I don't want to hear anything. Like I'm so ready to block out the world, blocking out all the tech, all the noise, all like the to- all of it. I just want to sit in the silence. And that oftentimes we can find that being out in nature. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So going beautiful. for a nice hot hike, going out for a nice walk you know, walking your dog or, or, you know, with your kids or alone that we can be in that silence, sitting outside on your back porch with a coffee and just being so mindful Mm -hmm. that that is where we are connecting to the oneness of all that is when we're looking around with our eyes and appreciating what we can see and feeling, you know, maybe the warmth of the sun on our skin or the breeze in our hair And, you know, what can you smell? Or when we're eating something, what do you taste? You know, what textures do you feel on your tongue? What colors do you see, you know, on your plate? And often we're distracted. We're distracted. Mm -hmm. We're watching videos. We're on our computer, watching TV, whatever. And then you reach the end of your meal. You don't even know what you ate. And I hate that. Like, I love my coffee. Like, as I'm I'm sipping one with you now. And this is almost, a, it's not even the way I want to have coffee because I enjoy every single sip. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, oh, this is so good. And I eat so slowly. Everyone's like, Teresa, like, are you done yet? And it's like, no, because like, I really <laughs> each bite. And I have to appreciate it all, the whole thing. I'm not going to rush it. I'm not going to wolf it down. And then I'm like, what did I eat? So when we are mindful and in the present moment, it's just about being in the present moment, whatever that can be for you. Sometimes it's listening to a song Mm -hmm. like that you really love and you're just sitting there really like vibing with it. And, or it could be moving your body to like a song, the same thing, but you're completely present. And that's why people think that there are certain activities that we do that but it's the activities providing the happiness. It's not the activities. The activities are helping you to connect with that place of happiness inside you. So it could be cooking or baking mm-hmm. or drawing or, or journaling, or there are so many different things that just help us to be here now. And Eckhart Tolle talks so much about this, that the power of the now, that that is where we connect mm-hmm. to all that is. It's just being present. And we, you know, when we know we're there because it feels so good. It does. It really does. I remember a lot of my year last year was slowing down and being present and know and noticing all of the subtle things that I never noticed before and finding so much joy in it. Like I, I remember like the time sitting on my deck in the summer and just kind of putting my phone down and blocking out my husband. I think he was talking to me and I'm watching my dog just run at me and I can just see his ears flapping away and he looks so happy. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like I never noticed his ears flapping like that at me when he like runs towards me. It just was like, Oh, the dog's running towards me. And I just remember just being, feeling so present and the sun Mm -hmm. was shining. It was such a beautiful day. And it just reminded me like, there was so much happiness in that moment. And it was something so small, like it wasn't some grandiose thing that was happening in my life. It was so subtle. And I just had to kind of open my eyes a little bit more to see it. Mm -hmm. And I love how you say, you know, happiness really is living in the present moment because Mm -hmm. it really is like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing more to that. And it's such, it's such an incredible feeling that I don't even think you can describe because it's just so 
magical. Yeah. Yeah. To each of us, how we experience it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was actually an example of you being present and in the now in a moment of, of, of action and activity and that Mm -hmm. you're, you're there just like living, but you, Mm -hmm. you were present and connected to that part of yourself in that moment when you notice that thing in your, like that, your, your dog's ears, because we don't notice things like that when we're just like, hurried and going around on autopilot, as I said, we don't notice it, but it's when we like still ourselves enough to bring that presence into our everyday life. And, and Eckhart talks about really, how do you integrate that part of us in every moment? And that's what, when you said, like, what practices do you do? It's, it's that, me trying to live more and more from that space, more and more. And when you do that, forgiveness comes so easy, Portia. Mm-hmm. When you were talking, like I had like an incident come up this week and it it's like it, it, it like it didn't even touch me. Like it's mm-hmm. so really the more that you live from there, from that place of love, the more you embody the love and light that you are. It's like these things just are like boomerangs. It's like the stresses of life they don't affect you the same. Mm-hmm. So that again is just more motivation for me to say, oh my God, like how did I come out of this so unscathed? Like it's it's like, you know, if we think about Jesus, right? And, mm-hmm. and in the Bible and stories of him where, you know, his disciples and people went up to him saying like, how are you so like cool and collective about like what this person did to you and this person said? And, and it was because he was, he was that he was living from that place where it didn't matter what anybody said, because really what you can, what you're doing is seeing the spirit in that other person that you're not seeing them as a human, like, I believe we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And that mm-hmm. I can, I can see the wholeness in that person, even though in their human body, they've acted like a jerk. Mm-hmm. But the truth of who they are is the same truth as I am. And the more that you live from that place, you just see everybody like that. And you just, it's, it's, yeah. And everything becomes more magical, as you said, it really does. And it's like, you're on this, as Abraham Hicks says, you're on this high flying disc, just like coasting here. I don't know. Do you know the Jetsons? Yeah. The Jetsons. Yeah. So, the Jetsons is like, they're there coasting around on their high flying discs, right? Mm-hmm. Up around. When you are living from like light and love and happiness and gratitude and all these high vibrational feelings, you're on your high flying disc. You're just like, and all this stuff on earth is happening. All this low vibrational, like hate and tragedy and, and guilt and frustration. And you're, you're just there coasting on top. <laughs> <laughs> you literally are and it's like maybe something will happen that causes your disc to come down a little bit like a little roller coaster disc or like a little roller coaster but then it's like oh this is like you know this is not me and then you you know use your happiness practices whatever's in your toolkit and then you're just like high flying again that's cool I love that <laughs> that's so good there's a visualization for it, yes So the question that just kind of came to mind and is there, I'm like trying now to like now compile it all in my brain because it came to me and now it's leaving for those that may be listening and thinking I have done all of that. I feel like I've lived in the present moment. I've tried meditation. I've tried gratitude journals. I've tried to sip my coffee more mindfully and be in the present moment. And yet I just am not feeling happy. I'm not, don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. I feel like I'm trying all of these things. I'm still sitting in the same old shit that I have been for the last, you know, year, two months, whatever it may be. You know, what advice would you give to those individuals that may be feeling that way? Because I know for myself, like, I feel like I've like done a lot of work, but man, do I sometimes feel like I am still standing in a shit storm and going like, I'm doing all of the right things and it's still not freaking working. I don't stop. And I know I'll see it on the other side, but you know, some people would just be like, I'm just done. So what would you say to those individuals? Yeah, thank you. 
And what came to me was life is a journey. Like, why are we trying to get to that end point all the time? We're trying to get to, you know, the summit of the mountain in like a week. So true. <laughs> we are, we have an entire lifetime, like God willing to live. And that life is about really learning, growing and expanding that every opportunity is here to help us to learn more about ourselves. And uh, unfortunately, we learn a lot about ourselves through the shit, mm -hmm. through the muck. And that in every opportunity, you're still facing a lot of that is you need to ask yourself, are you learning the lessons that you're supposed to be learning? Because what happens is the universe just packages in a different way and says, here you go again. And that package just gets uglier and uglier because you're not looking at it. So first mm -hmm. it sends like a small little signal, like, okay, look at this. It's like, you know, the tiny little prick, you know, maybe just like a brush on the shoulder and you're like, Hmm, what's that all about? But you don't want to focus on it. And then they're like, oh, okay, you didn't learn that time. And then it sends something else. So this is what often happens with bad relationships in the dating field that people are like, oh, I can't find anybody. And everyone I meet is a jerk. And, and all of this, it's like, okay, did you learn the lesson about yourself that you were supposed to learn in that first relationship? Because if you didn't, the second one's going to come along and just mirror that again, and maybe a bit worse, and then show you something else. So all it does is repackage it and that whatever it's supposed, whatever you're supposed to learn, it just gets louder and louder until then. Oftentimes it's like, now you're at that crossroad and it's like, wow, we tried to show you like 10 other times that you needed to deal with this and you didn't want to. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you're in a, in a lot of muck, you're most likely not learn. You're not learning the lessons that you're supposed to. It's all about the learning. It's not about the mistake. It's what did this situation show me about myself, good and bad? Like what strengths and talents and superpowers did you have that allowed you to pull out from the last situation? Mm -hmm. Draw deep on those. Yeah. And then, you know, what are those triggers that keep popping up? And are you putting them, you know, into the closet and you're not wanting to deal with them? Are you numbing them out with, drug, uh, with alcohol and things like that? It's, you know, are you hanging out with those toxic people and you really should be letting them go? Mm -hmm. Those relationships that you need to be creating barriers or removing yourself completely, but you keep subjecting yourself because your mind says, you're well, it's okay. I make a lot of money there. Well, it's okay. You know, they're my best friend. No, you know how many best friends <laughs> I no longer have anymore because I realized the relationship really wasn't like a two-way street mm -hmm. and they, and those relationships are not serving me anymore that they had a purpose at the time, but they're not having a purpose now in my life and that I needed to let them go because they're just dragging me down. So we really need to look at like, are we learning the lessons? Because mm -hmm. that's probably why you still have a lot of those blocks that are preventing you. The other thing I just want to say is that happiness is like, even though you feel like, oh, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. It's always there. It's like the sun behind a whole bunch of dark clouds, mm. right? It's there. It's yeah. always there. We just can't see it. So we need to remove some of those clouds, some of that energy, whether it's those toxic people, those toxic situations, like whatever, whatever barriers it is, and taking one step at a time, like life mm -hmm. is a journey, how we started with this life is a journey yeah. and just one step at a time. Ugh, I love that. I love that analogy of the sun and the clouds, because that's just so, so spot on, so spot on. And I could talk to you all day. I have one last question. After navigating through your happiness journey, how has your view on life changed? Thank you. I view life now as absolutely like a gift that every day I have another opportunity to live it, that I wake up in the morning going, ah, I made it through the night and I have another day here on earth to experience 
what it's like to be human in the sense, again, that we're spiritual beings having this human human experience. We came here to learn things, to learn, grow, and expand. And we have different situations every day that's going to help us to learn more about who we are. And every day I'm provided with an opportunity to learn more about who I am and learning how to be and to step more and more into my true and authentic self that I wasn't living that that way that as I said I had lost myself in the living of my life and that I am discovering all of my gifts and talents and superpowers by removing a lot of that conditioning that programming rewiring reprogramming my mind becoming consciously aware of my limiting beliefs my self-sabotaging beliefs, trying to be my greatest cheerleader instead of my greatest enemy, my worst critic. It was all of those things. Trying to rewire, really rewire the thoughts that I that were not loving, that I lived most of my life by, that I was not pretty enough, not skinny enough, not a lot, not enough of a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And trying to step more and more into into my greatness, that we are all great, but we don't know that. Mm-hmm. We're not programmed to believe that we're powerful, that we're amazing, incredible, magnificent, that we're all superheroes, but we don't know that because we're not told that growing up. If anything, we're all told negative things about ourselves. I was bullied a lot growing up. And those are the things that I said to myself on repeat all the time. Every time I put something in my mouth, every time I tried something on, every time I looked in the mirror, was this regurgitation of awful statements that I said. And now I'm in the process of changing all of those through positive affirmations over and over and over. That we think about how many negative things we say to ourselves, we need to say that many positive things to ourselves over and over and over again. And our and our brains don't know any better. It's just an organ. It will, it's literally like a computer that can be programmed with whatever code we want. And I'm like, I'm done with all that. <laughs> the negative beliefs and the hate and and the self-loathing and all of them done with that. It's like, no, I am I am reprogramming it with thoughts that are true about myself and are loving and make me feel good and are empowering and motivating and encouraging. We need to say those things to ourselves all the time. We're not going to get it from other people. We need to do it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh. I'm living with so many tools and just so many ways just to kind of look at life a little bit differently. And I'm so grateful that you decided to talk to us and just share your happiness journey and everything in between, because it's just an amazing story. And I'm just so grateful that you shared it with us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I know that the more that I share it, it connects with a lot of people that here in Western society, we're all caught up in the same thing. And many of us reaching like around that age when it's like, and I've had different people say, I'm at that point where things aren't making sense. And I know that I need to make a change that I feel stuck. I feel unhappy. I feel unfulfilled. I feel like I'm not living my purpose, lots of different things. And so i that's why I want people to know they're not alone in all of that, that I suffered in silence for a long time, not wanting to talk about it. And that was wrong. I should have talked about it. I should have gone to like seek help, but you think that nobody will understand you. Mm-hmm. And as I said, for loss of light, for fear, loss of love and loss of acceptance. But I learned, I learned that the, I learned really who has my back, who really loves me. And that in the process, I learned like who those fake people were, the ones who, you know, were just there for like, oh, let's have a good time, whatever, but they don't really have your back the way that you need to. Mm -hmm. And that the people who stuck by me are the ones who are still with me and really, and really love me. 
So yeah, it's important that we don't, that, that we do talk to people who, who we can trust because they wouldn't have reacted the way that I thought. But again, that's because when you're not loving yourself, it's hard for you to accept, fully accept the love of others, which I didn't know either. I didn't believe anybody really loved me. And that was because I wasn't loving myself first. So self-love is really at the core of it all. That That's true. We can't fully accept the love of others until we're loving ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you so much too. Thank, Thank you. you. 